Blog Talk Radio. Navigator Robert Batista, author of the seminal novel Brooklyn Story and powerful novella Carmela's Dream. The Funky Writer Show has been called the most informative, eclectic outlet for all wordsmiths and literati. Now celebrating almost seven years of dynamic writer's talk radio. Why is the Funky Writer Show so terrific? Because I'm a writer just like my guests, and know that words are the breath of life. Connect with us on our exciting Twitter page by going to at the funky writer. One can live for several weeks without food, but only a few days without water. A fact 17-year-old Nico is only too aware of as she struggles to provide for her two younger brothers in a post-apocalyptic landscape where the rain burns like acid, food grows increasingly scarce, and any sliver that crosses her path is laid low before it can sink its teeth into her. This is an exciting blur from a book by our guest, dynamic young author, and my Brooklyn homie by way of Georgia, Katie Nika Rayette. Welcome, Katie, to the Funky Writers Show. Thank you for having me, Robert. It's exciting. This is my first home radio interview, so happy to be here. Well, let me first off say it's an honor that someone so talented as you. First of all, surprising this is your first, and to say it's an honor that this is your first, and uh, this will be one you'll always remember, and so will I. Katie, so good having you on the Funky Writers Show. Let's start by you giving us some background on your transition from Brooklyn to Georgia and how it affected the person who you are today. Uh, okay, well, um, I was I'm actually born in the Bronx, but we moved to Brooklyn before we moved down here to Georgia and, like, moved to here when I was 11. And it's, like, a really big change because, you know, you're used to the city, you used to be able to go to museums, go right. to parks, wherever. And then when you get down here, you're like, I'm expecting sidewalks. I'm still expect, I'm expecting a country version of the city, basically. And then you get here and you're like, oh, okay, things are different. So it's much slower pace. And I always liked reading. But it was down here, that's when I started doing writing and telling stories and stuff like that, because um, if you didn't, there wasn't really much to do. 
And then so like, <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. And then so I'm like, I'm, I'm I'm homeschooled, so you know you're like you're in the house a lot, and it's not like it was a bad thing or anything like that, but you really know learn how to be self sufficient, do do things for yourself and stuff like that. And that's how like I really first, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's very interesting. I admire that very, very much uh, and admire your parents for, for doing that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I read an article not too long ago that said more and more parents are homeschooling their children. So, okay, um, Katie, you have this voice inside your mind that is creating characters and stories. Like you just said, you know, you got down to Georgia and you had to read and, and create stories. At what point in your life did you seriously begin to realize you wanted to be a published author and talk about some of your first stories that you wrote? Well, I always like fancy sci-fi kind of thing. Those are like my go-tos. It's always going to have something like that. Even if it's in the real world, there's going to be some kind of fantasy or sci-fi element thrown in there. I can't do a regular story. But um, I was like uh, 13 or 14, and I was reading this book by this author, Amelia Atwater Rhodes, and then I found out in the back that she got published when she was 13. And this was like, this was, um, she got published in 1998, and I read this book when I was like, I think in 2004. Mm -hmm. But when I found that out, I was like, oh my God, so people can actually do this. So I wanted, I really wanted to be a published author. I actually wanted to be published before I'm 20 because I have uh, uh, impossible goals like that. But I, um, so I was, I've always been writing, but that's when I started writing with the goal of making a, you know, full-length novel, being published, you know, being in the writing world and stuff like that. Right. So you just said something that I found found very interesting. Uh, <laughs> you don't particularly care for regular stories, um, and you love the the unregular, such as what your genre is. Um, but so urban fiction, you know, the the so-called hip-hop lit and things like that didn't interest you? Uh, no, not really. I know, like, I I like I read Walter D. Myers, and uh, what's it called? I do like his stories, but it's not like I can't relate 100% to it. And so, like, I kind of wanted, like, different stories with, People, people like me, but doing you know fantastical things like, um, so I like I gravitated more towards that, and then like and then also I was like a really big vampire buff back when I was twelve. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I you know I like reading different things, and I do um, read contemporary stories. Like um, just recently I read The Boy in the Black Suit, which is like would be urban um, lit. It's set in Brooklyn. I love it. It's really, really, really good. The um, writing is perfect. It's just, uh, I love it. Um, but more than likely, I'll gravitate towards something with a fantasy element or a sci-fi element. Oh, that's that's great, great to hear. It's very, very interesting. So let me ask you this. Did you take any writing classes or courses to prepare you to be a writer, did, or did you study the craft in any way? Hello. Yes, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Okay. Uh, uh, all right. Let me let me just repeat that. Uh, are you on a cell phone? Uh, I'm on the home phone, but uh, it's been storming for the past few days, so things have been acting wonky. 
Okay. All right. So if we drop calls, just call right back. We'll be good. Okay. So my question was, um, did you take any writing classes or courses to prepare you as a writer? Did you take uh, any way to study your craft? Or did you just uh, okay. write? Here's a funny story. I actually hated writing as a kid. Like, um, when my mom was teaching me how to read and write, I didn't really like doing it. So she would give um, get me, like, pen pals. So then, you know, if you want to communicate with someone across the world or whatever, you write to them, and then you get send letters, and that's how I really got into writing. But I actually I didn't really like writing as a kid. So I like telling stories, but I just didn't like the whole writing it down part. I do like to read a lot. So I learned most of how to write from reading. And um, I did take, like, I took, I don't like English as a subject. Okay. I like math, <laughs> but I don't like English as a su- subject. I don't. <laughs> I like reading, so that helps. And then I learned a, a lot from how to uh, how to write and how to format a book, like, you know, with quotation marks and right, um, right. sentence tags and stuff like that from reading and observing how things are set up. But um, I did, like, a couple years ago take a college course in English to, you know, sure. like, and it wasn't as bad as I remember, but I still kind of like, eh, with English. Give you math, though. I love it. So let's talk about Nico, this this mm-hmm. fantastic, powerful character that you, you've created. Let's talk about the book as well as the character. Where in your mind did this great character germinate from, and how long did it take you to come up with the plot and write the first Outsider Chronicles story? Okay. Well, the book itself, um, it took about three months to write the first draft, and then um, to complete it was it complete in six months. But I wanted, I did want to write a book where, like, this with a group of people uh, killing monsters. I wasn't exactly sure what kind of monsters, and I wanted it with a girl named Harmony Nickel. But it wasn't really working out, so eventually I believe in Jinx. I'm very superstitious. And so I changed her name to Nico <laughs> so that it doesn't have the, uh, you know, bad luck from the other attempts. And then I wanted a book with a character who was very self-confident because I was reading a lot of books where um, it seemed like the books were kind of like subtly encouraging girls to look down upon themselves and not feel right. like they were great or anything like that. Right. And I wanted right. a character who knew she was awesome, but didn't have to rub into anybody's face. She just did what she did, and everybody was like, wow, you know? And But then also, I love action horror, so I kind of like threw action horror, some sci-fi elements. I mean, I love Slithers because Slithers are just super creepy. And it, it, basically, I wanted to write a book that I would like to read. Right. And then, and then I planned to make it into a series, but it's not really uh, outlined because I don't really like outlines either. I think that's my latent English subject hate coming up. But I have a vague outline of how it's going to go out, but it's planned to be a five-book series. I wrote the fourth book right now, and I'm supposed to be doing the fifth book end of this month, um, next month, and then I'll have completed the series. Wow, you're just really, really pumping them out, man. That is just so awesome. You know, Katie, there are so many books and stories set in the post-apocalyptic future. Why did you feel so confident that Nico would be able to carve out its own audience and niche? Uh, well, I think first because, you know, like the We Need Diverse Books movement. Sure. So it it really 
fits into that um, into movement. There's you know the African American main character, and then the, there's all the other characters who are diverse racial backgrounds, and then I also um, have the characters of different sexual orientations. So it's not just you know heterosexual characters in there, and then I also have disabled characters. So for people who are looking for that, it's like perfect for them. And then it's just a really action-packed story. So anybody who just wants a good read, they can get it. And then there's, you know, people people love kickback on female characters, so there's that element too. <laughs> How true. <laughs> so it, it has all that going. There's some a little bit of something for everybody, and then I always go like, if one person likes it, then that means at least ten other people will like it, and then ten other more right. and more, and then it spreads like that. So I want to have at least one person like it. If I, one person likes it, then I'm happy. I love the fact that your characters are so diverse. That is just, that's great. Um, Katie, our audience is always interested in how writers get their first book published. Talk about the challenges, if any, in getting Nico out into the publication to the world. Okay, well, um, Nico is self-published, but before okay. I was actually intending to have it traditionally published, and I got really, really close to signing with an agent, a literary agent, but it didn't work out in the end. So that's when I decided, I was like, oh, wait, just before that, I read a book, um, the Tiger Curse series by Colleen Hawk, H-O-U-C-K, and right. I found out that she was self-published. And I was like, okay, so people can do this, right? So I just researched, found out um, Smashwords and how go about self-publishing it, and then I went about self-publishing it, and I thought, like, I was going to be instantly famous and get um, a thousand sales a day, right? Cause, you know, you know how it and is. And become rich. <laughs> yes. But I, it didn't work out that way. I had, on Tumblr, I had a giveaway, and I had a free coupon code, and I got over 100 downloads, like 160, I think, right? And But I got one review, and I'm, I'm still friends with that person. Like, they get all my books free. Every time I love them so much. Nice. Like hi, nice. Lisa. <laughs> and then um, I had one person buy my book, and so I was like, oh, but I'm 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 still happy because it's like okay, it's getting out there. I just have to figure out how you know to work it out. But uh, I then I got in with a group of people who you know really a bunch of indie artists who really like support each other and you know give tips and everything like that. And then uh, I met this person named Marie Blaylock. She's a really good author too. And uh, after that, like. She she dragged me everywhere with her. She's great, right? And she puts up with me and stuff. <laughs> but and then so that's how I really started, you know, getting learning more about marketing, learning more about getting my name right, out there. Right, right, so, right. Which is so important. Getting better. Yeah. So it's not it's not just sitting there expecting all the readers to come to me. You know. Yeah. Sometimes you know, Katie, writing basically is the easy part. <laughs> what happens after you've written the book is is the hard part, as you said, with oh, the marketing yeah. and things like that. Um, but you you said something about literary agents, and you know, people who listen to the show always want to know should they try to get one or what. And what, how was that experience? You said you almost signed. I mean, what happened that you didn't sign? If you can discuss it. Uh well. I, I think it was mostly it was mostly me because I since it was like a new experience I didn't really uh, handle it like a hundred percent how you're supposed to so right, eventually right. the person eventually the person declined so I was like I was like okay I got a far enough that I got a foot in the door I mean okay I'm kicking myself in the butt for messing it up but I know that I have something 
So I was like, I can I can still work and move forward with that. But there's a lot of um, self-published authors who eventually go into traditional publishing, like right. you know if their book does well enough, or you know they have a new book. But self-publishing really um, trains you to how like how to pitch, how to market, you know, like all the um, backdoor you know grinding stuff that you wouldn't really learn as much if you was traditionally published, which right. not to like poo on traditional publishing or anything like that, but you learn a lot more and a lot faster because it's like sink or swim out there when you're um, self-published. How true. Um, what type of feedback did you get from people who've read and absorbed this book? How was Nico received? Ah, they like it. Okay, well, okay, beyond that, though. Um, they usually say it's like um, a graphic novel, or they want they want it to be a movie or a video game, which is great. And um, they're like they they love the action. Like the first sentence usually gets people because I see I also um, sell print copies at the farmers market here in um, where I live in Millersville. Right. And it's every it's every Tuesday, so I'm usually you know selling a few copies there. And so I I try to get people. I'll try to have at least get people with the first page, the first sentence. Because I, I I have a short attention span. I like to be grabbed in the first <laughs> sentence. So that's how I write. I gra- I try to grab you in the first sentence. If it doesn't sure. grab me, it won't grab you. Sure. And so I've I've slowly getting um more and more feedback. You know, it's not languishing, and uh, a lot of people like it. I get mostly five and four stars, not from my friends, but from people I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> So, you know, and people people are really lucky, and they're going on to read, you know, book two, book three, and book four. So th- that's a real big testament to how much they like it, that they're going on to get the sequels. That sure is. Um, to piggyback on that, one five-star Amazon review by L. Clifford states, Nico is a wonderfully imaginative post-apocalyptic novel that mixes drama action, adventure, and intrigue together to create a very promising start in the Outsider Chronicles. Katie Nicorayed has talent for writing that is clear as the author weaves together strong dialogue, memorable characters that practically leap from the page. They are so real. Wow. That review is so impressive and tells you you've hit onto something, doesn't it, Katie? Yeah, it does. I like I, I like that one. <laughs> it's great. Mhm. Yeah, like and also yeah, they do talk a lot about the dialogue and my writing style, which I actually didn't really notice. Like I didn't sell to write in a particular way when I was writing it, but I noticed it started noticing after people started mentioning it. So I was like 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 with themes too. I don't notice themes when I'm writing until people mention it later on. Let's talk about Katie Nika Rayette, the person. How many siblings do you have, and what type of child were you? A conformist, rebellious, or a little bit of both? Um, well, I'm the oldest, so I'm more a little more conformist rule follower and make everybody else follow the rules because, you know, we don't want to get me in trouble and stuff like that. But, um, like, I have a weird sense of humor, so I, I can't get out there. But, like, I, I'll follow the rules if the rules make sense. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's a good, safe answer. Who were some of the authors you enjoyed reading as a young person, and what were some of the books that affected you the most back in those days? 
okay, well, I love Langston Hughes because I love, I love his style of writing and the way he flows, like, um, the big C. It was, like, semi-autobiographical. I, I love that one. And um, I love this book by Dia Reeves. It's called Slice of Cherry because that was, like, the first book that I ever really related to. Not so much to the characters, but the fact that this was another black woman writing squeaky, horror, weird stories. And so I was like, yay, kindred spirit. And then, um, then of course, you know, Amelia Atwater Rose way back in the beginning when I was like, okay, so I can do this publishing thing. And then I like Sarah Reese Brennan, who um, does um, the Demon's Lexicon, and she also does the Lindbergh Legacy series. And she has this kind of, like, weird out-there humor that is totally relatable, so I love her, too. And then I read a lot of YA, so, like, most of the authors that I really, really love are usually YA authors. But, you know, I sometimes, like, you know, go into, like, classic authors. Like, I love Jane Eyre, and I read that, like, either once a year and stuff like that. You mentioned Walter Dean Myers. I, I knew him. Uh, actually, oh, I, really? I went to his home. Yeah, I, I was in his house met his family, his wife, uh, before he passed away. Um, what book by him did you say you really enjoyed? Um, okay, there was a series called Dear America. It was by Scholastics. And there was Dear America, which had, like, it was girl characters. And then they had this other one, My Name is America, where it had guy characters. And he did this book, I forgot the title, but it was about a black cowboy. And I loved it because the humor was just, like, totally off there. And I, I like historical mm-hmm. fiction, and I knew about black cowboys, but I didn't, couldn't really read a lot of fiction books that had um, that was about them. So to read that, that was really great. You have a fantastic website. Thank you. com. Who designed it? Uh, did you design it? It's a fantastic job, or did you have to go outside and have somebody do it for you? Um. Both. My brother, he's into computers, so he knows how to do all the, like, web design and stuff like that. So we did it together. Like, I would choose what kind of, like, background they want, but he set up the bones of it. I'm kind of afraid to change it right now that I'll mess something up, so I need to go back to him. But it's, it's pretty much all him. Like, um, like in my family, we, like, have, each have our own really artistic thing. Like, um, my sister did the covers for all my books. Nice. Yeah, so she's an artist, she's a comic artist, she does art for other authors as well, but I get the in, so she does my covers. And then um, my brother, he's in, he's into computers and he's also a producer, so he does like all the digital stuff and he's really good at that. Wow, sounds like your family is so talented. Uh, but getting back to your website, Katie, um, there's a drop-down menu that links to the the right bitches, a poem that speaks about the need to write because of a powerful, powerful need. Talk about uh-huh. this poem and its origination. Um, that is uh, The Right Bitches. That's a blog that I have with Marjorie Blaylock. I mentioned her before. She's great. And Laura Oliver. There are two authors. And so we kind of come together to be like um, we – it's uh, a – my Katie Nicorette blog is more YA, while The Right Bitches is more raunch and, you know, fun stuff. So um, the poem is from Marjorie Blaylock. Uh, now, I have to ask her where she got it from now, because I actually didn't think about that. I assumed that she wrote it, but now I have to ask. Yeah, I read the poem, and it's great. And, uh, you know, that's why I was just wondering if, if you guys wrote it or you wrote it and would love to know the origination. Um, Katie, let's talk social media. 
I see that you are on so many platforms, such as Goodreads, Twitter, and Facebook and such. Of the social media platforms, which one do you feel is the most beneficial for your brand? And which, in your estimation, is the best for authors? Or does each platform offer its own special compensations? Well, for which one best for authors? I think it mostly has to do with your personality. Like, I'm, um, Twitter has given me the most opportunities, but I'm more chatty on Facebook. And, I, I like, for me, Twitter is, like, really, like, networking, finding new interesting things, movements, hashtags, like, um like the We Need Diverse um, books and stuff like that. And while Facebook, I usually, like, drag the people who I talk to a lot on Twitter onto, eventually onto Facebook, and then we talk even more. But um, for Facebook, it's good for um, author takeovers on Facebook events. Like, say, an author has a book launch, and they're having a Facebook party online. And then they might have it for the whole day, and then you can, you as another author can get a time slot, say for an hour or something, you talk to different readers, and you might be able to um, grab new people who might be interested in your book. You give away prizes and stuff like that. Like, um, and that's how I've met a lot of readers through there. So between Facebook and Twitter, that's where I met the most readers. But really, whatever works for you and what you feel more comfortable with, because if you're not enjoying the social media that you're on, it's not going to work out. People are going to know that you're kind of like not really there, and then they're just going to go away. You know, I noticed that in so many of the um, social media platforms, Twitter and such, the authors are saying, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. And it's not all about us just buying your book. It's, it's a two-way street. It's support. It's you helping me, me helping you, you know, and helping each other. So uh, I noticed that uh, there's just so many variations on the platforms. But in closing, Katie, you're moving out of Brooklyn at the age of 11. May or may not have been a blessing in disguise. But my question is, let's say there's a young teenage girl listening to our show who dreams of writing a book and becoming a published author. What would be the first piece of advice you would give her? Okay, well, this is going to sound cliche, but write for yourself. Write for yourself first, and then don't try to impress someone, because if you're writing to impress something, then the story's going to fall fall kind of flat. You're not going to really be interested. It's just going to fall to the wayside. And if you write for yourself and you try to finish each story, like even if you don't get all the way, because it's better to finish each story than to leave it halfway, because if you leave it halfway, then you, you're going to be really good at writing begin, beginnings, okay at writing middles, and suck at writing ends. So you have to go from beginning to end each time, even if you don't really like the story. And then after that, then you can give it to people and be confident in your writing style that you won't be influenced by completely by what they say. So you still have your own voice, if that makes sense. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for that. So what's next for Katie Nika Rayette? What other irons do you have in the fire? You mentioned the fifth uh, installment of your series. Um, what's next for you? Well, after I finish the fifth and last book, oh, I'm going to have to say goodbye to everybody, um, I plan on doing maybe an audio book and possibly doing, like, a graphic novel for it because since a lot of people say it reminds them of a graphic novel, it would be kind of cool to see it in picture format. 
And then, of course, there's other series that I plan to do. Like, they're kind of just brewing around in my head, but I want to finish the fifth book before I dive into those. Now, I saw some review on Amazon that went as far as to saying that your Nico books are movies and could be easily made into a movie. Do you see yourself writing a screenplay anytime soon? Um, well, I probably outsource it to someone else because I tried doing screenplays. <laughs> you know, really, I tried doing screenplays for for comics, and I'm actually not that good at it. So I'd rather do someone else who works well, and I'd rather have a TV show than a movie because the TV show is over in two hours. I mean, a movie's over in two hours. A TV show lasts thirteen episodes at least. It's more fun. So. How do people communicate with you? I just gave out your website. I'll give it again, um, and you can give it out. How, what about email? What about Facebook, Twitter? Give out any way that they can contact you. Well, I'm on Facebook. Um, it's Katie Nika Riot Books. That's K-A-Y-T-I-N-I-K-A-R-A-E-T Books. And then I'm also on Twitter as K&R Writes. And you, like, basically if you type in those two, Katie Nicorette or um, K&R Rice, you can see me everywhere. I'm on Tumblr, I'm on Pinterest, I'm on Goodreads. I'm everywhere, really. You got that right. You Google your name and there's a lot of hits. (laughs) My guest has been the dynamic author, Katie Nicorette. And her book series is called The Outsider Chronicles. You can take the girl out of Brooklyn, but you know what? You really can't take Brooklyn out of the girl. Make sure you go to her website, katienikarayette.com, and feast your soul. Thank you so much, Katie, for being a guest on the Funky Writer Show. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Bye now. Bye.